This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 292 with Jeff Schechter. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at turnkey cash flow opportunities in the market of Indianapolis. I'm joined on today's show by Jeff Schechter. Jeff, also known as Shecky, has had the entrepreneurial bug his entire life. He started his first business right out of college, and over the years, have been involved in numerous business ventures. His love for real estate investing began in the 1980s when he rehabbed five of his own residences before the term house hacking even existed. Since those early days of torn up kitchens and bathrooms, he's bought and sold many properties and is an active investor to this day. In addition to investing, he operates a private consulting practice. He thrives on helping people realize their full potential, not just in business and investing, but in all aspects of life. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MCLobsher or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja to 44222. I'm publishing weekly and daily videos on YouTube. You can check out all of my videos at youtube.com forward slash cashflow ninja. Please subscribe to my channel to get updates when I post these videos. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint, followed by institutional investors. And if you are an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments, Penumbra Solutions, at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies will not only disrupt money, but every industry on the planet. These new innovations and technologies will affect every area of our lives in the future. The cryptocurrency course teaches you everything you need to know about getting started and profiting with cryptocurrencies and includes expert training from the top crypto experts in the world. You'll learn how to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrencies, how to safely store your crypto, how to become a sound investor, even if you're just a beginner, and how to apply blockchain technology to your business. You can watch a free crypto masterclass and grab the crypto course at cashflowninja.com forward slash crypto course. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Their simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com forward slash guide. Shecky, welcome to the show. 
Thank you, MC. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, great to connect again and great to, great to speak with you again. Could you share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Absolutely. I pretty much was born to be an entrepreneur, probably because I was never a very, very good student and uh, came from a very uh, traditional background. And I guess that that led me into probably a little bit of rebellion and uh, really caused me to be more of a non-traditional type person and question really everything, you know, including the, you know, the normal road of go get an education, go get a job, you know, marry the perfect girl, have 2.7 kids, have a house in the suburbs. And um, I just didn't, didn't seem like necessarily that that felt like it was the right path for me. Um, and as a result, I was always trying different things and I've had multiple businesses, you know, clearly some more successful than others. Uh, but it's been, uh, it's been a hell of a ride. No, absolutely. And, and one, one thing that you touched on too is the way that you see the world and obviously going against the grain, uh, as challenging as that could be when you're younger, because we all have self-doubt, right? So mindset is a very, very important thing. Um, and you've kept that, uh, that youth uh, mindset and, and the energy um, and protect your mindset. And that's why you've built the, your last company, this multi-million dollar company, just before the age of, of 60. Uh, can you share a little bit more about that? Well, first of all, I, I feel like that age is just a number. Um, and, and probably because I did not go down any of those traditional roads and uh, you know, didn't really follow that normal path, uh, and maybe because I never got married or never had children, I never really felt old. Um, I always seemed to have, you know, at least in my later years, have dated women significantly younger than me. Most of my best friends, uh, one of my best buddies is in his mid-30s. Um, and so uh, even my business partner is 20 years younger than myself. And so uh, I don't know. I just sort of have seemed to, maybe I'm just one of these people that's young at heart and um, I've done a good job of uh, eating right and taking care of myself and keeping myself fairly young on a, on a cellular, cellular level too. But I think that that's part of it too. But, but like you say, most of it is really just, just attitude. Um, I, I'm always intrigued when I go to like, you know, college reunions and see some of my buddies like that were in my fraternity back, you know, in the prehistoric times when the dinosaurs were roaming the earth. And uh, I look at these guys and they're like, they're like grandpas. And I don't, you know, like there's nothing wrong with being a grandpa, but it's just clear that they're in a very, very different mindset than me. They're looking more like to them, it's kind of almost like, how can we sort of think about slowing down and how are we just going to chill out and, you know, enjoy a halfway decent retirement? And I look at myself as like, I'm just getting started. And I, th and I think when you have, no matter how old you are, when you have that attitude, like, hey, what's next? What's, what are we starting? What's the next challenge? For me, I can't speak for anybody else, but that has been the predominant reason how I've been able to maintain a youthful attitude. It's all connected, right? The mind, the body, the spirit, the soul, uh, it's all connected. And I, I, the whole thing about retirement too, it's, I, you know, my, my, I have my thoughts on it too, why it's such a, such a farce really, where if you truly are 
free and have achieved financial freedom like you have. You do what you love every single day uh, that's aligned with your your next mission and your next purpose, right? That's true freedom. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, people doing the same thing over and over and something that they really dislike with the hope of one day retiring. Um, it's a, it's a very, very industrial age kind of philosophy looking at things. Yeah, absolutely. And thankfully guys like you and I don't look at it that way. And, and I think that's the difference between making it easy to get out of bed in the morning and making it difficult. Absolutely. Now, Shaky, uh, as far as uh, as an investor and building businesses and investing in businesses, uh, what's your philosophical approach to investing and value creation? And uh, is there a certain checklist that you draw upon when making uh, decisions when you evaluate opportunities? Well, let's just say this. Uh, having now that I am 60 and having been, you know, for a few spins around this planet, obviously I've gained some wisdom in that regard. And having been involved in a few different businesses, I did some stuff that was really stupid in the past. Um, I'm sure we all have as, as entrepreneurs and, you know, we tend to learn from our mistakes. Uh, when I look at the kinds of things I look at now, and if I could focus specifically on how I got into the business that I'm in right now, um, I was living in Austin, Texas, you know, great city, like incredible entrepreneurial community. They're a very progressive city and loved it. Um, and I was working with some buddies that were kind of in the social media space and, you know, teaching business owners how to uh, promote themselves online and things like that. And I realized that it was a very brief time when I was not working for myself and I wanted to get back to working for myself. So in my whiteboard in my home, I just wrote really, really small letters in the top left corner, just some criteria that I was looking for in my next opportunity, right? So I just said, um, wanted to sell a high ticket item, you know, something that had, you know, obviously good amount of markup in it. Like I didn't want to start peddling a $29 ebook. Um, and I wanted to be uh, really the cream of my space. I wanted to be able to provide something better than what the other players in that space were doing. Um, I wanted to leverage my consultative selling skills. I wanted to leverage some of my digital marketing skills. Uh, but I also uh, didn't want to work alone. Uh, I, I'm a people person and I recognize that. And even though I've worked from home for many years, uh, I didn't want to work from home and by myself. I wanted to have a business partner. So those were the four or five criteria that I wrote on my list. And it was almost like I just kind of pushed it out there to the universe. And it just literally just appeared in my lap a few weeks after that. And it's a much longer story, but that's how Jack, my business partner, and I ended up becoming business partners. And so those were certain criteria now in this day and age that were important to me. Um, you know, obviously, the, the splitting hairs a little bit more, you know, you touched on the word value creation, and that's hugely important. Uh, it's not just important to me philosophically, but I think anybody that's out there that's looking for an opportunity you know, everything is all digital. Everything is online. Everything, you know, social media, like it's, 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 you have to be transparent in this day and age 
to be able to be successful and for, for people to be able to trust you. So unless you can feel good about what you're doing and create something that has high value and put yourself out there and go, hey, look, this is what we're doing. We're not right. BSing anybody. I mean, our business is not perfect. You know, it's, there's a lot of moving parts. But, uh, but we are really big on value creation and making sure that we're really transparent so that people can see that, so our customers and clients can see that. Now, in the real estate space that we're at, markets are very, very different. And I'm very excited to pick uh, your brain on Indianapolis because I've heard a lot about it. I personally love Indy. I've been there a couple of times. And when I lived in Chicago, I used to travel there quite frequently. Um, I have, still have a lot of friends there as well. Uh, what is going on in the real estate market there? Can you share a little bit about the economy, the market, um, the uh, opportunities that exist and everything that's happening in Indy. Yeah, it's uh Indy's a great town. I mean, if you're coming from Chicago, I think there's always been a rivalry there and Indy's sort of always been considered like, you know, the ugly stepsister to Chicago. Uh you know, even though they're like 3 hours apart and the climates are completely different, there are definitely some similarities as far as, you know, the age of the city and a kind of that midwestern feel and good midwestern values. Um one of Indy's nicknames, given, I think, by many Chicagoans, is called Nap Town, as if Indy's asleep and people are always napping because there's nothing to do. But it's not true. Uh, Indy has come into its own. And, you know, recognize I was coming from Austin, which is an extremely progressive city. So I, I was a little bit um, apprehensive, let's just say. Uh, but it's been good you know, notwithstanding the colder winters. So Indy, one of the things that's been great for us business-wise is that real estate prices here are very, very inexpensive in relation to the rest of the country. So forget about all the metrics and everything like that. Just baseline numbers are much lower. In relation to that, the, the rents are higher. So the price to rent ratio here in Indy is extremely favorable if you want to own rental property in this town. And so there, there was a lot of reasons why we decided to do what we do here. That was the more obvious one. But from a standpoint of stability, Indy has not had any kind of real uh, ups and downs like you see in some of the bigger cities. Uh, in, the, in the last big crash in 08 and 09, I, there was only like a 7.2% dip in values and then it came back up very quickly. But on the flip side, we don't see any gargantuan appreciation here either. Historically, we've been, you know, two, three percent a year. You know, it's just a nice, soft little flow. Um, but it's a very, very affordable city. It's, it's, it's a good infrastructure. There's good roads and freeways and easy to get around. But it's also becoming known uh, as a tech center, in addition to some of the other stable technologies like Eli Lilly is here, you know, big, huge drug company and a um, lot of other uh, health companies and things like that. But Salesforce.com put a big installation here uh, about a year ago, and they actually took over the largest uh, skyscraper in downtown Indianapolis. It's the tallest building in the state. And that's now Salesforce Tower, which used to be Chase Tower. So the, the presence of tech, and I think the, the reason that's happening is because when tech companies go out and hire, say, a lot of millennials and, and people in their 20s and 30s, they're wanting to bring in talent that they can pay 
you know, 60, 70, $80,000 a year, but they can live really nicely on that. Uh, it's much harder to live nicely on that in Chicago or Miami or LA or for sure Silicon Valley. There's no way. So right. the, the, the dollar just goes a lot farther here. And, and, it, and it's a good city. I mean, there's good restaurants and good bars and good sports. And, uh, you know, there, there's, there's all the amenities of the big city without a lot of the big troubles and worries. So it's, it's a really, really great place both to live and to invest. Uh, what were some of the reasons that you were, were attracted to uh, single-family real estate, for instance, uh, within the real estate niche? And um, how did you get involved in, in that space? Well, it started really just organically, just being investors. So my, my business partner, Jack, and myself, he actually found some people in Indy that were doing some quote-unquote turnkey stuff. I don't feel like they were doing it very well. But um, that's kind of how they were posturing themselves. And he had bought a few properties from them. And notwithstanding some of the other challenges behind the scene, the returns were pretty damn good. And he reached out to me more for some, uh, you know, to see if I had some interest in doing that, but also to get some marketing ideas because he was a client of mine in another business. Okay. So, um, so I ended up taking a look and I was like, oh, well, this is kind of interesting. These are some pretty nice returns here. And so I came up here and looked around and I, the, in the two days that I was here, I bought like three properties. Um, and what we start, so I, that's kind of how our business got started. And then we, same thing, organic, you know, you reach out to family and friends, they have good returns. Pretty soon you go, Hey, we got a real business on our hands here. How can we really build systems and scale this thing up? Right. So right. as we started doing that, we started seeing, you know, because we, we would do mostly singles and duplexes, but we did some smaller multis, you know, fourplexes, eightplexes, things like that. So one of the things we started seeing, and I, again, I don't know if this is true in other markets. I can only speak to what our experience has been in Indianapolis, but as soon as we got past two doors on any given property, we started having issues. So it's not to say they won't perform and, you know, you can always make a multi-door property look really good on paper because they're, you know, they're sharing common roofs and common systems and things like that. Um, but in, here in Indianapolis, because of where the price points are, you know, these are people that are, you know, they could rent a duplex or a house for, say, seven or $800 a month. You know, I'm talking about a C-class property now. If you put them into a fourplex, they're now more like 500 a month or 495 a month. And honestly, MC, that difference, that 150 bucks a month or $175 a month is the difference between getting a decent renter and just, you know, I'm going to try and be nice here, but a not so desirable one. Okay. I mean, that's I'm, funny. I'm, yeah, that's funny. Uh, but so what we started seeing is just so much turnover and so much problems and, and much higher vacancy rates and things like that. And our goal, obviously, is to provide a really good high-value turnkey product for the end investor. And so we just never felt good about doing that. And so we typically run a mix, 75 80% of them are single-family homes because A, they're inexpensive, B, you get good renters, and as a result, you get stability. And one of the things that we see in a, in a single is the opportunity for a family 
to come in, whether they got a, whether it's a single parent or or they're married, kids, whatever, but anything that you'd call a family unit, the likelihood of them quote unquote planting their flag and going, hey, you know what, this is home, whether they own it or not, in a single, there's a high likelihood of them being able to feel like they can create a home. And that manifests itself in much lower vacancy rates. And as a result, that's a metric that's important for us when we start talking about long-term cash flow. Right. So that's one of the other reasons why we gravitate to that. The other reason why we gravitate towards that is that not to say that, you know, we're definitely in the buy and hold side of things, but, you know, life gets in the way and sometimes you need an exit strategy. And a single is by far the easiest piece of real estate to resell if you ever want to get rid of it. You know, if you want to get rid of an eightplex, man, that's a lot tougher. Right. You know? Um, so I feel like, you know, singles and duplexes for, for us, there'd be a big black hole between, you know, three, four unit doors all the way up to like 75, 80 doors. Cause once you get into those bigger multis, then you have all those other systems in place that can create some economies of scale and you've got workout rooms and swimming pools and, you know, club rooms and things like that that will also keep renters there may not be home you know you get a little bit more transients there but it you have other things to draw good renters and keep your units filled no absolutely now let's uh, can you share a little bit more about exactly what you guys do and uh, the market that you guys provide uh, to the uh, the value to the marketplace and then also to your clients and customers yeah so we uh, here's what we saw and just kind of dialing back to, to my original uh, view of, of Indianapolis when I came up here is here, there's a, a, a growing industry in real estate investing, as you know, called turnkey. And unfortunately that word gets tossed around quite a bit and there really is no real definition for it. But the idea being that, it's, it's an appeal to typically an out-of-state investor that lives in an area where they, number one, cannot get the same returns that they can get in their local area. You know, and so because we're in this digital age and we can share photos and videos and all kinds of things over the internet, it makes mm -hmm. the exchange of information easier. They don't necessarily, like a lot of our investors are, East Coast, West Coast, you know, in, in the more expensive cities. I mean, probably half our buyers live in California. And right. so um, they can't do what we can do here. The other thing that we do is there's some pretty significant economies of scale. So we all know that if you, you know, obviously, even if you don't know this, it would make common sense that if you're going to have a, a rental property and something that creates long-term cash flow. Obviously, you want to buy it right. You want to rehab it right. You want to have the right tenant. You want to have it managed correctly, professional property management. You want to be kind of as hands-off as possible. You want to kind of automate as much as you can. So what we do is we essentially just bring all of our systems in. We buy in bulk. We'll buy 20, 30, 40 properties at a time, all cash. And so we get known in this area as people that, you know, obviously can close quickly and can pay cash and we get really, really good deals as a result. So, you know, we typically can buy things 
for less money on the dollar than what an individual investor can. Um, again, we're rehabbing 20, 30, sometimes 35 properties in any given month at any given time. And so as a result, there's a lot of systems in place as far as the way we rehab stuff. And again, there's some economies of scale there that, you know, nothing is wasted, no paint, no carpeting, you know, no trim work, anything like that, because this all gets taken to the next job. And because we're employing a lot of these subcontractors on a regular basis, you know, we're not just onesie-twosieing them. They're giving us a better quality of work and they're doing things better and faster for the same dollar that somebody else might pay. And then same thing with management. Because we have uh, a lot of experience with managing these kinds of renters, because again, we're mostly C-class stuff, uh, we're, we have the ability to really, really make it work. We've got it dialed in. So we, we partner with a couple of local property management companies that we have vetted and that do things to our standards and, you know, provide online portals to our investors. So essentially any investor out there that doesn't want to mess with all that stuff, but still wants, you know, something solid to buy. I mean, let's face it, you, you buy something, uh, whether it's cryptocurrency or a stock certificate or whatever, you're buying the promise of something. And there's something very, um, you know, and I know you talk about it on your show all the time, but there's something very comforting and, and meaningful to owning the deed to real property. And so we, the, the investor that we deal with doesn't necessarily want to be in a REIT or in a fund or anything like that. They want to say, I want to own 123 Main Street. I want it to be mine. You know, I right. still want to be able to make some decisions back and forth but I want somebody else to handle all the crappy stuff. And we essentially, it's a done for you turnkey situation. You buy the property from us and off we go and, and you make it, uh, you know, you make money every month and we just have the uh, management company deposit after their fees, of course, deposit the proceeds into your account. But we've been able to create a system where we can create really, really high returns for the investor, even with, you know, repair costs, rehab costs, CapEx, taxes, all the other things that are expenses against the cost of owning that property. Now, do you guys do the property management in-house or is this uh, outsourced? Uh, what uh, Share a little bit more about the management side of it. We, it's a great question and it's, 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 it seems to be the endless debate in this particular uh, space. But we actually have a hybrid situation. So we actually partner with a couple different local teams here that do things to our standards. Um, and, they, and they have, we have dedicated people on the inside of their operations. Like we didn't necessarily want to completely own a property management company because it's just, you know, more things to manage. But we do have staff members that work inside. And so we, we've created a hybrid situation where we have a really, really great relationship with them. They can leverage off our systems. We can leverage off theirs. But, but the end result is that the investor is, is who wins in this regard because there's, there's complete communication with all parties. It's not, we're, not, we're just not passing off to some other third party. You know, we have a vested interest in what's going on. You're listening to Jeff Schechter on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. 
MC Lobsher is the host of the top-rated business and investing podcast, Cashflow Ninja, and also the president of Producers Wealth. Producers Wealth assists people in creating, protecting, and perpetually multiplying wealth in any economy through creating processes that help them increase their production, provide them with liquidity, passive income generators, and opportunities for enormous growth. Learn more about their time-tested and proven systems at yourownbankingsystem.com. You're listening to Jeff Schechter on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and now back to our interview. Yeah, and I can see the benefits of both because, uh, you know, you and I were discussing beforehand, we find ourselves in similar situations where our businesses are growing. So you can go over two ways. You can either bring in the systems in-house, for instance, with the property management, bolt it all out, put it under the roof and start it from scratch or find someone with the similar mindset, uh, a, a company that's has similar values and principles then and operate in a similar way and even makes you elevate your game as, as you were talking about and then partner with them so that they bring in that strength and then together with these moving pieces provides provides the strength that you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Yeah, no. So from the processes and management side, if an investor is working with you guys, obviously you guys locate the property, find the property, you fix up the property. That's where you guys make money to obviously selling it to the investor, which buys a, a into a turnkey system. Then the management company, they're putting a renter in there for them and they're managing that part of it and then taking care of the property. Um, can you just walk me a little bit? I touched on a couple of stages, but what experience a potential client or customer would have and what are some of the major t- touch points and how involved are they in all of the processes? That's a great question because, again, one of those continual debates um, we have found that um, every time, and, and for anybody listening, please don't get pissed off with me saying this, but we have found that every time we've gone into situations where we got a little too excited and a little too ahead of ourselves and sold a property to an investor prematurely. Now, when I say prematurely, I mean like it might even be like we're on final punch list of a rehab, but we're not quite done. We haven't gotten an inspector in there yet, things like that it always lends itself to problems. So we've just gotten away from that. So from a standpoint of what the way we currently do things, it's very, very neat and tidy. So we, an investor would go on our website and it highreturnrealestate.com, just like it sounds, and they go right to our properties page and we show different ones that we currently have available. So we get everything done first. So we'll go, there, there's only really two kinds of properties we sell right now. It's either a property that's just coming off of a rehab and it, with a rehab is finished, uh, we've had it inspected by a third party so that the, uh, the investor can see the inspection. We'll give them a condition report. We'll give them before and after pictures. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we will also, and this is somewhat unique in our space, we will give a one-year warranty on all major items. So we're very confident in our processes. And again, we're just trying to show the investor that they're walking into something that's going to be a very, very good long-term investment. Now, it just doesn't necessarily mean that the property is not going to need repair or things down the road. They all do eventually. And when we show numbers, we obviously 
we ask investors to put aside money for future repairs. So we're very, very transparent about that. So I don't want to, you know, set incorrect expectations. But we're we're true turnkey. So they they get all the stuff. They get condition reports. They get inspection reports before after pictures. One year warranty. All that stuff. Very very straightforward. The only difference in the that and the other property is one is sometimes tenanted. And one is sometimes not. So again, when we're, you're buying the amount of volume of properties that we buy, oftentimes we'll buy properties potentially from other investors or you know, maybe sometimes from hedge funds that are liquidating or things like that. And oftentimes they're tenanted. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword there, obviously, if they're tenanted, it makes it harder for us to go in and, and do what we do right? And make sure that all the systems are in place and that we can give our warranty and, you know, make sure it gets a rehab if it needs one. Uh, but the beauty of the tenanted properties is they're cash flowing immediately. Right. So, you know, it's, it's sort of good and bad. So we do sell properties that are tenanted and uh, we will always try and get in there and do the, uh, the rehab first, even though that takes a little bit longer behind the scenes. So that way, when we're delivering a property to an investor, you know, it's either tenanted and ready or non-tenanted, but already being marketed by our management team to find a renter and place it in there. So gotcha. they're, they're ready to rock. Fantastic. Now, if you guys align yourself with strategic partners for funding too, uh, is it mostly cash purchases? Uh, can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, yes, yes and no. Um, you know, we, all of our properties tend to fall. I mean, if, if you're sitting on one of the coasts right now, you're probably going to fall out of your chair, but our properties tend to fall into the forty-five dollars to $70,000 price range. Done, complete, rehabbed, finished at those numbers. Okay, so yeah, obviously it's it's pretty attractive. And, you know, most investors that are looking to deploy, say, you know, six figures worth of stuff, they're buying more than one property at a time. So, uh, but we sell our properties all cash. Um, and the reason that we do that is twofold. One is we can close faster and we can move faster. And as a result, we can keep our operations streamlined and it helps us keep our prices down. So that they're priced for a cash price right out of the gate. The other thing that we found, because you spoke about lenders, is that there's a lot of uh, lending organizations right now that have bare minimums. Uh, for the most part, and again, I'm sure there's some exceptions to this, but for the most part, typically in this day and age, about 75K is where we see the minimum that any lenders really want to work with on an individual loan. So when you start looking at an appraisal and then them wanting to, any lender wanting to offer, say, 75 or 80% of actual cash value, in almost all cases, we fall below the minimum guidelines. Gotcha. So it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to try to finance these upfront because it just becomes an exercise in futility for everybody concerned. And then, you know, we get a property that's tied up and we started off by doing that way. And we learned very, very quickly, like we were only maybe in business a few weeks. I'm saying maybe six or eight weeks. And we just said, we're done. Like cash, it's just, cash it's just only. Yep. Cash only. And you know, if we, if we piss off a few people, well, so be it. But as it turned out, 
everything just grew really nicely from that point. And all of a sudden, like everything we wrote up actually closed and we, <laughs> we didn't have all those issues. So that said, there are a number of great lenders out there that will help you do a cash out refi. And they might have different qualifications. They may not necessarily be looking at the $75,000 minimum or, you know, if you're buying two or three properties at a time, obviously they'll do a portfolio on things like that. And of course, different lenders have different criteria. Some are more value-based, mm -hmm. some are more performance-based. So, you know, like they may want um, a uh, seasoning period, whether yep. it's three months, months, 12 months, they just want to see that your property is being rented. They want, to, they want proof that there's enough cash flow going on for them to get paid back. They just, you know, they want to be in a safe position. I don't blame them. You know, they want to get their money back and make their interest. So I would say when we look at our investor base, uh, it's probably 50, 60, it's just a guess, but 50, 60% of them that are just going straight cash and they never refinance it. They don't really right. have interest in doing that. And then there's the other 45 to 50% that are looking for ways to get creative and leverage. And frankly, I, I think they're both really, really acceptable. Um, you know, obviously the beauty of coming back and doing a cash out refi afterwards is you release some cash back into your pocket. Your mm -hmm. cash on cash ROI on that particular property goes through the roof now. So you, you go from maybe 11, 12, 13% to maybe 42% your yep. cash on cash ROI after servicing the note, which is fantastic. And you freed up this other cash to then go do it again and build yourself a bigger portfolio. So simplistically, that seems to be a very, very common strategy for the clients that do business with us. What are some of the rents that you guys are getting in those price ranges, like the 45 to 75K on a monthly basis in some of these homes? So, yeah, I mean, a, a typical single family home that sells in the, you know, forty-five dollars to $50,000 range is going to bring, you know, somewhere between six fifty and seven fifty, dollars maybe $800 if it's really nice. Gotcha. Uh, so, after all expenses, you know, tax, insurance, uh, management fees, everything like that, for the most part, we, in the singles, we'll see... 9 to 11, 9 to 12%, you know, almost always double digits, even after all expenses. So it's, it's pretty attractive. And then when you go into the duplexes, of course, those numbers go up, you get a little bit less per door, but then you got two doors. The only thing I just to be completely transparent, expect a little bit more of a wild ride in the duplexes, because we don't quite have the same uh, vacancy rate. So they're, they're cash flowing like crazy when they're full. They're like little ATM machines, but you tend to have a little bit more, uh, a little bit less stability in those, both in terms of renters. And we also see probably a little bit more volatility of appraisals in those too, uh, because they're just harder to appraise, especially in the C-class areas. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, Shiki, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Well, for us, at least on a business sense, um, 
we, we try to find our lane. Well, we always find our lane. And, and one of the mantras that we live by is we're always going to do what's right for our clients. Always, always, always. Even if it means losing money. Uh, because there's, there's, there's no way to buy a, uh, a reputation. Uh, you, you earn your reputation every day. And that's really what builds huge businesses. Uh, you know, when we looked at this business, we saw that there was some bigger companies out there doing it right. We also looked at some of the people like that we initially bought from in Indy and they had great returns, but not a very, very good reputation and not really very good systems in place. So we looked at that and said, great, how can we be the best of both worlds? How can we still offer high returns, but still give investors the experience, the transparency the returns that they want. And that's how we built just a phenomenal business just by doing that. So I would say number one is always do what's right by your customer. Uh, number two, which really isn't number two, these are all number one, by the way, in my book, I don't think there's any hierarchy to this is you have to take care of yourself. So basic stuff. I mean, like get a good night's sleep, good nutrition, exercise, drink a lot of water, you know, like just it's, and it's not just your physical self. Take, take good care of your emotional self. You know, don't harbor anger. Like, you know, stop keeping score, you know, like who did this and who did that, you know, screw it, forgive them and move on, you know, cause all that does is hurt you. And so like, I don't know. I just like, like I'm a guy, for example, I saw what was going on with this negative spin of the media. I have a couple of good buddies that were in the broadcasting business way back when. And like 15 years ago, I just shut off my TV and my radio. I'm like, I'm just done with this. No newspaper, no nothing. And, 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 and people are amazed. Like, well, how do you find out what's going on in the world? How do you stay informed? And I, for the listeners, I'm making a little quotation marks with my hands as I say the word informed. And I go, I don't. I don't give a crap about who's killing who half of the way on the other side of the world, right? I do give a crap about, you know, certain social issues. And there are places where I can put my attention, my money and, and help people that really need help. But I think it all starts with yourself and making sure that you are healthy. Another big component of that, and this is number three, even though it's still number one, is associations. So, you know, like an old timer in the personal development space was a guy named Jim Rohn. I don't, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I love him. I first got exposed to a personal development. He was actually the guy that brought up Tony Robbins. So he's Tony's mentor, Tony's mentor. Right. So Jim Rohn is like an idol in my book. He was one of those, the original sort of like business philosophers. And, um, he died, I don't know, two, three years ago. It wasn't that long ago, but just left an incredible legacy. But one of the things that I picked up from him at a very, very early age is you are the product of the top five people that you hang out with. So yep. it affects your happiness. It affects your income. It affects your health, right? It just affects your personal life, you know? So I try to hang out with people that are positive, healthy, successful, forgiving, kind, compassionate, you know, those are the, and, and nowadays it's easy because you have 
I mean, like, look, you you and I talked on the phone what a couple months ago, and now we're now we're on an, an online call recording this, and you know we can have a conversation from halfway across the country. It's so much easier to stay in touch with people now on Facebook and all these other social media tools. That yeah. you know, like, I've, I'm very blessed. I have great friends. I mean, obviously, we we always kind of keep those few four or five that are really close to us. Yeah, uh, I, I have those. I stay in touch with them no matter where I live, no matter where they live. And I, I think that that has served me really, really well. Um, the the some of the reason that I'm in business with my business partner right now is because I had a good working relationship with that guy and provided a lot of value to him in another niche. And this sort of evolved out of that. So though, and we have a really, really successful company. So that would not have existed without me nurturing important relationships. Right. No, so true. And thank you for sharing those, Shaky. Shaky, where can they, um, my listeners, learn more about you, your company, what you guys are up to, and stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> it is very simple. It's, high, it's all one word, high return real estate just like it sounds, spell it the normal way, highreturnrealestate.com. And all the properties that we have available are posted there on the properties page. There's a couple cool videos. There's an FAQ page that explains exactly what we do. There is uh, on that site an opportunity to, if you have some interest and you have an interest in a particular property or just about our processes, there's a way to book a call with us and you can go online and do that. But it's, yeah, we're we're very accessible, and although we have a pretty strong online presence, uh, we're also pretty high touch. So most of our business is done initially by telephone and just having conversations with investors and finding out, you know, really where they're at and what their goals are and what they're trying to do, and and just making sure that the product that we provide is the right fit for them. Because let's face it, I mean, you could have the best thing in the world. But it may not be right. It may be right for investor A, but it may not be right for investor B. And that's totally cool. You know, we, again, learn that the hard way, too, is just, you know, stay in your lane, right? So you can't be all things to all people, and we don't want to be. So I would venture to say there's probably people on this call that go like, man, I don't want to invest in a C-class property. And even though that likes probably 80% of the stuff we do, we figured out how to make that work really well. But I get it. If you don't want that, don't reach out to us. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Absolutely. Well, Shaky, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for connecting. Always great to talk to you. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and all of your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. Yeah, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to uh, reconnect with you. And uh, I look forward to our next conversation, which I imagine is going to be very soon. Yeah, same here. Thank you. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. And thank you for all of your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gosh Good newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44222. 
Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you now can also participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments, Penumbra Solutions, at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies will not only disrupt money, but every industry on the planet. These new innovations and technologies will affect every area of our lives in the future. The cryptocurrency course teaches you everything you need to know about getting started and profiting with cryptocurrencies and also includes expert training from the top crypto experts in the world. You will learn about how to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrencies, how to safely store your crypto, how to become a sound investor, even if you're just a beginner, and how to apply blockchain technology to your business. You can watch a free crypto masterclass and grab the crypto course at cashflowninja.com forward slash crypto course. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Their simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com forward slash guide. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.